tune into this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from episode number 416 with Colin Griffin. And it's in this episode, we have a little chat around uh, an injury that's on the rise, which is calf injury. So we have a little chat around assessments and training the calf to mitigate some of those injury risks. But just before we do dive into this clip, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So if you're interested in grabbing a free tool to be able to collect, analyze, visualize, and present data to coaches, check out AMS Lite, and that's from Rock Daisy at rockdaisy.com. So just keep, stay on this area, stay on the calf. And again, re- referencing the article, assessments what assessments can we do to identify whether this is an area that needs uh needs additional focus yeah and i suppose in the last um you know a couple of years with, with i suppose the more the easy access to fourth day technology and, and i suppose becoming more affordable to a lot of um clinics and clubs and organizations and universities um it's probably easier now to start standardizing calf tests particularly see the calf isometric uh, test so that's one that we use, um, and obviously when we bend the knee close to 90 degrees, we're, we're isolating the soleus a little bit more, um, because as, as we know, the, the gastroc muscles cross the knee joint. So when you bend the knee, we're making those muscles shorter and they're uh, and, and, and a little bit more redundant. Um, so that's one way of, of assessing um, calf strength, particularly for the soleus, which again is quite important for field sports um, and even you know in, in sprinting where the, during the acceleration part of it, where the soleus is a big player. And also for distance running as well, because um, the soleus is a big support for the centre of mass. Um, and as I said, operates at quite a high capacity. So that's probably one test that, that can be standardised across uh, many areas. And again, there's a little bit of uh, inconsistency, I suppose, in terms of knee angle and levels of ankle dorsiflexion um, you might set up with. And um, so I suppose a few areas there that probably just need to be um, fleshed out a bit more. And then I suppose to get a measure of total plantar flexor peak, uh, peak torque or peak force, um, we use a uh, another kinetic test um lying in a prone position so face down leg straight um at a speed of 30 degrees a second um working from 30 degrees plantar flexion to 10, 20 degrees dorsiflexion um and measuring peak torque and we kind of scale that to body weight and say for distance runners we'd like to be you know 150 160 percent body weight and above and for our um sprint athletes being getting close to 200 percent body weight we don't get many hitting that but that's i suppose from the numbers we've 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 collected over the years, that's sort of the targets we we try and set based on um uninjured athletes we work with and also fully rehabilitated athletes that we've we've managed to progress up to up to that. Um but obviously not everyone has an isochronic dynamometer. So um you can do the uh even a, a straight leg standing straight leg isometric test with the four splits, um, you know, which is part of um some of Alex Natera's work. Um the challenge there I think Alex actually found a solution for that by actually using a block where you can, because when you stand on, on the force plates, um, it's still a compound movement. So it's hard not to involve the knee extensors and hip extensors. And you don't know how much of that is coming from the plantar flexors. So when you use a block and get your alignment right and get more leverage to the ankle, um, you can probably get a, a better reflection of the, of the, of the calf um, contribution to, to, to peak vertical force. Um, and again, as, as a, I suppose, a surrogate measure of, of, of total uh, plantar flexor or calf force. So those are the two sort of strength tests or, um, that we would we would look at, and then we'd also look at developing uh, or look at assessing capacity. Whether it's doing um, even on the isokinetic um, dynamometer, Seth Neil had a a good test that he validated during his PhD, where you just do uh, twenty reps um, and measure total work done as a measure of calf capacity, or in a very very basic clinical setting, do like a heel raise endurance test, where 
you work off a metronome of one second up, one second down, trying to have consistency of height, consistency of tempo, good control of the rear foot. And when either of those diminish, you stop them. And if they can get to 30 reps before that happens, that's a good measure of calf capacity. Um, maybe minimum 25. Uh, and if they're below that, then there's probably that they probably need to work on their capacity. And you use that then to 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 to, uh, to uh, set your programming. Would you mind just just describing that seated isometric test for uh, as far as again, Colin? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, so there's a, there's um, I have a picture of it in in, in the article. Um, but, there is. Yeah, but no, but to talk through it, like yeah. So we we, we sit we sit them with the knee around. Um, so the knee sort of over the the, the shoelaces. Um, in about, I kind of go for 10 to 15 degrees dorsiflexion. Um, I think you need some bit of dorsiflexion to get a, a proper measure of, of uh, peak force in the soleus. It, it does, um, you know, you need a little bit of length in the muscle tendon unit to get that. Um, and then have the, the knee around, you know, 90 degrees uh, knee flexion. Um, and then have the base of the first metatarsal on the block. Um, and then just, uh, and then we use ratchet strapping to, to strap the knee down. So there's very little slack in the system. Um, so we just make sure that we, we give them a few familiarization trials and if there's any, any loosening of, or any, um, loss of tension in, in, in the ratchet, we just tighten it again. So that when they, when they do their, 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 their test trials, it's good and tight and they're able to maintain their dorsiflexed ankle position. And we would go for three trial, three, um, reps of a five second maximal isometric effort and take the best out of the three. And it's the four foot on the block with the block. On four the, foot. Yeah. Four. From, from, yeah. From, yeah. From the base of the first metatarsal upwards. Um, yeah. And then they'll obviously block on a fast plate. Yes. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we weigh the okay. we, yeah we weigh the block on the, weigh the force bits with the block on them and, and uh, calibrate from that. Yeah, it's interesting because um, Phil mentioned the, them using this as a, as a test as a monitoring tool, not only for capacity but monitoring fatigue in this in this particular area because of the rise in in uh, calf and Achilles issues in, in Irish well, rugby as a whole, but Irish rugby in his environment. So yeah, kind of feeds into that discussion as well. Yeah. And, it, and it's when you get into a flow, like it's actually quite a quick and easy test to administer. You know, you can be done in 10 minutes and it's not that invasive. Like you, you know, yes, you're working hard for those few seconds at a time, but the solace is a, is a it's predominantly type one fiber muscle. So it's going to recover quite quickly um, and you can go on about your business for the rest of the day. So, and I, and I suppose if you are in, in an environment like in a professional sport, um, where you can do that on a weekly basis or or, or whatever, um, you know, you you can it can be a quick test even on a Monday morning, and you know, if someone's in, you know, a little bit off where they normally are, where the baseline levels are, it might be then a a, a, a flag then to, to to monitor their or to adjust their training loads for that given day or or week. So we've taken our athlete through this testing battery. We've identified that things are lower than they should than we want them to be. Next stage is obviously strengthening that particular area. I'm guessing that. The vast majority of practitioners out there, if they're doing this kind of training, it'll be calf raises, either seated or standing. What other opportunities have we got to strengthen this particular area? Um, ideally, um, a Smith machine or a leg press, you know, where you can really go heavy on the calf, on the calf, and isolate it, um, and be quite stable. Um, which is it's kind of hard to replicate that with a free bar, um, or an, and it's quite hard to hold a heavy dumbbell, um, if you want to go really really heavy, um. So I suppose if you have access to, to those, the logic you can do, you know, you can do quite heavy concentric eccentric or go heavy isometric, the shorter repeated holes, or you can go like your, your super max, supra maximal eccentric. Um, but again, you really, you need your, your leg press or, and, or, or Smith machine for that. Um, but if, if, okay, if someone comes in with a low baseline, you know, we just do some basic stuff, maybe like sets of eight to 12, 
four sets of eight to 12 reps, you know, with a, with a two rep in reserve sort of um, uh, loading guide, you know, just work the cap to fatigue. They're going to get, they're going to get better with, with that anyway for a start. And then it's where do you go next? Um, and that might, that should develop calf capacity. Sometimes, you know, and again, you might just pick up this visually, um, they might be lacking, um, they might have some atrophy to either their medial or lateral gastroc on one side or both sides, or there might be, <laughs> it could be an atrophy to medial gastroc on one side and their lateral on the other side, but very few cases of that. So you can manipulate foot position to try and um, uh, bias those muscles, that particular, those particular muscle heads um, and work it, work it to, to fatigue and into length to try and get those hypertrophy um, changes and, 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 and I suppose balance the strength a bit more across all three. Um, so yeah, um, they will be the, I suppose the main, uh, the main exercise types. Um, again, if we have to target the solace, uh, yeah, we do some isolated stuff with, with an event. So either a very, very heavy kettlebell or else, um, spit machine, or ideally if you've got a seated calf machine, you can go really heavy and be quite stable. Um, and again, with the solace, given the, the physiology of the muscle, um, you know, you can still make good, good strength changes, um, even working to endurance off moderate load. So you can still, if you just make the muscle tired, it's going to get stronger anyway, um, to a point. And then it's like, you, know, you might get to a point then where you hit a ceiling where you may need to go really, really heavy for, for, for low volume to, to, to increase the force capacity even further. Um, but, but it just depends. Come on. No, you're okay. No, I'm just saying you use your, your tests, um, your straight leg and your bent knee, your, your seated, um, calf test to you know if you see the calf test is quite good in proportion to your straight leg one well then we might need to worry too much about the solace unless maybe in field sports uh, field sports where acceleration is quite important and you are going to use the solace a little bit more in isolation and um, particularly in the early to mid stance of an acceleration or a jump or a horizontal some sort of a horizontal effort and um, i think it's useful to, to do that and, and, and train it as i mentioned in the article in synergies with the foot and and, and, and with hip extension but say for a distance runner um you know, if, if the solace is quite good and you test it um, and there's maybe room to improve their overall calf strength, well, then we just go straight like and, and, and keep it simple. Because, um, again, time and energy resources are going to be valuable to, well, most athletes, but particularly endurance athletes when you're you're always going to be tired anyway, no matter um, when you try to do an S&C or rehab session. We'll get onto the foot in a second. But just one last thing. Would you be looking for a particular ratio between this, um, the isolated soleus and the general calf complex test? Yeah, it's hard to because in our in in our clinic we're comparing a seated, you'd be comparing a seated calf isometric with a with a, a straight leg isokinetic test. So, yes. in fact, I suppose through coincidence, the numbers are actually similar. We look for about for a distance runner, maybe at least I would even say now, like then we test a lot more and, and we're more we're more more robust with our with our protocols. We're getting higher numbers now because they're more stable in those positions. So we've seen more people hit twice body weight. And more people and, and maybe more sprint or explosive athletes getting you know 2.2 tons body weight so in the article i would have said back then 1.6 and maybe twice body weight for distance runners and, and, and maybe sprint athletes respectively but now we're kind of thinking maybe 1.8 and ideally twice body weight for a distance runner who wants to compete at a decent level and maybe 2.2 and above for your your sprinter athlete or field sport player um so yeah it's hard to say there's a proportion when you're when you're comparing an isometric with an isokinetic test um so but again for the isokinetic test um, straight leg, we're looking at um, you know, one hundred sixty percent body weight for your distance athletes, and maybe close to two hundred percent body weight for our, um, explosive athletes. And then we're also able to run a a code um to look at torque at different ranges. So someone might might have good peak torque, um, but they may have bigger symmetries in either slightly counterflexed angles or slightly dorsiflexed angles. And we can um focus on on on, on I suppose joint angle specific um strength changes based on that. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip came from number episode number 416 with Colin Griffin, and you can find that on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today, and I'll chat to you next time.